You're listening to The Interview, in-depth retailer interviews with inspirational people. Hosted by Martin Popplewell, brought to you by The Retail Exchange, in association with Visual Thinking, inspiring retail performance. Hello, I'm Martin Popplewell, and welcome to the latest in the interview series of the Retail Exchange podcast. Consumers, male and female, can't get enough of body cosmetics, especially when it comes to brands that promise to help you take time out from the hectic world around us. For the Dutch brand Rituals, that means ensuring its retail stores also play a key role in helping consumers to slow down and to find happiness in the smallest of things. It's passion to turn everyday routines into more meaningful rituals. Well, with me to explain what that means is Richard Lems, Director of Format and Design for Rituals Cosmetics. Richard, welcome. For people that are not familiar with your brand, can you tell them what your brand is about, your journey, how you came into existence, where you are, how many stores, all those kind of things? Yeah, of course. Uh, Rituals, Rituals Home and Body Cosmetics. Uh, we are we're the first brand in the world, actually, that combined home and body cosmetics uh, in, in one because we believe... Uh, your home is also part of your of your body, uh, and that's where you have, want to feel comfortable. Uh, and what we do is we sell rituals. So it's not just products, but uh, behind every product there is a story, there is a ritual. So we have the beautiful rituals of Hamam, of Ayurveda, of Sakura, of Dao. So there's always a story behind it, uh, and, and a deeper meaning and a deeper layer uh, in in our products. If you compare it with with other uh, retailers uh, that just sell their products, we are next year twenty years old or young, actually, I have to say, uh, with uh, an expansional uh, growth uh, for the last uh, last years. Myself started twelve years ago. We had seven stores at that moment, and uh, we reached, I think, end of the year um, above eight hundred stores uh, worldwide, mainly in in Europe but also uh, in uh, the US, in New York, and in California, and in the Middle East, and a uh, very exciting first store in, uh, in Hong Kong, uh, our first real retail store in, uh, in Asia, uh, and hopefully more to come, of course. Uh, we are a Dutch company, originally, but with an international, uh, international view of, uh, of how we approach everything. So we will never say we are Dutch uh, for us, uh, that's not so important. Uh, we promote ourselves, especially outside Europe, as a best-kept European secret. Uh, yeah, and that, that's in a nutshell uh, what is rituals. where do you pitch yourself? We always call ourselves, we are affordable luxury. Uh, so if you have to position ourselves, we are, let's say, uh, half more uh, uppriced uh, if you compare it with the big mess brands like L'Oreal uh, that you find in drugstores. And uh, we are... Uh, half, uh, one-third uh, less expensive than the, the Dior and the Chanel's, etc. So affordable luxury. So uh, what you have seen in, in the past, also during the crisis, uh, people that normally buy maybe those uh, more expensive brands, they come to us and when it goes well, also the people that, uh, want, uh, that normally go to the drugstore, they want to uh, treat themselves. You're or, in a perfect or, position. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, during the crisis or when the crisis started, we uh, said uh, just for a joke, like, uh, you know what, uh, just agree with the whole management team, we don't join the crisis. And uh, that went very well. Is it true that 
women end up spending more money on lipstick. Maybe some men spend more money on lipstick in times of, of financial crisis. I, uh, there's some statistic about lipstick expenditure. Yeah. You, your, your, your facial expressions say, what are you talking about? Or, or yeah, do, well, you, no, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know about lipstick, but true. I mean, uh, during the crisis, you saw that uh, people uh, stopped spending money on, on really expensive, uh, the, the car, uh, replace the new car or that extra holiday. They didn't do that. But in the end, you still want to... Uh, treat yourself very well. So it was, I think also what you saw often is that uh, like, okay, I, I can't have that, that car or we still have to drive that old car, but I still want to treat myself and, and, and spoil myself. So I'm going to buy something from Rituals that's really for me. Uh, so in, in that case, absolutely, I think uh, it's, 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 there is a truth in that, yeah. So let's hear about your personal story. How did you get to do what you do now? Well, uh, I have no uh, commercial uh, commercial background uh, in in basically, uh, but from from young as a child, I had already always the passion for for retail. Uh, also, uh, thanks to my my uh, my former girlfriend when I was still young, but her father was into retail, and and he really literally brought me the the love for retail. I think it's so fascinating. It's a fascinating, but in the end, also a very simple thing, retail. Uh, I mean, sometimes you hear there are professors and everything, and they make it very difficult. But in the end, I think it's a, it's a very simple, uh, simple thing, retail. In the end, you have your customers, we call them fans, uh, and they want to have a, a great experience. Um, uh, think about yourself. If you have, have, a, have done a purchase, you want to see it at home, or you fit it, or if it's close, or you use it, or whatever it is. And you want to to remember the joy that you had in that store because the store was so beautiful, or the products are so great, or the staff was so great. You say from an early age. Are we talking childhood here, or are we yeah, talking? Yeah, I was sixteen uh, when I had my first girlfriend, uh, for, but it was a long relationship. Uh, but again, she, her father brought me the the love for retail because he was. Uh, working in the retail uh, industry, but what, I mean, was it conversations? Did he run a shop? I mean, what what was it? What, no, what was he was that? actually window dresser. Okay, <clears throat> yeah, and and also organized at that moment uh, parties and events for uh, for uh, for retailers in in our region where I come from. Uh, but there was already like really okay, I want to do something in retail because I really really love it. So I started directly after my studies uh, for uh, for a big uh, household retail chain in in the Netherlands called Blocker. Uh, and from there, after one uh, one or two years uh, being a store manager, became area manager, became uh, uh, head of the store development. Uh, and twelve and I've been there for twelve half years. And twelve years ago, uh, I was like, okay, I want something new. Uh, had diff- different uh, jobs in in uh, within Blocker, uh, but I really had for myself like, if I want to start someone new, I want to start with a sort of startup that I have directly added value. Uh, and can grow uh, with the company and and join that whole journey of being very small, have just a several a couple of stores to be a real big uh, big company. Uh, and so rituals came uh, came on my road. And your job title is is format and design. I mean, yep. This is all about the design of the stores, isn't it? Yes, uh, our department uh, is is responsible for. Uh, if I have to, t- if I tell it uh, to family or on birthday or whatever, I see, I always say uh, we are responsible for everywhere where you see rituals besides the e-commerce part. 
So we do the development and the design, but also the execution for all the retail stores, for the wholesale stores, for the travel stores, but also shop windows, events. Everything where you see our brand uh, comes from, uh, from the format and design department. So we have two pillars there. One is the creation and one is the execution. So, but it's both in, in one department. And did you do something like design at university, which led you into that? or No. No, just... What did you study? Just a good feeling. I did one, one year uh, commercial economy, but I was one year in, uh, in university banks and I was like, oh, what I'm doing here, I have to go. So I quit school actually very young already. So How old? 21. And I was like, no, I, I, I have to go to work. That's better for me. So it's a, it's a part coincidence, uh, but I think also a, a very big part, just passion. But I'm seeing the connection in, in a sense with your girlfriend's father and the window dressing that, you know, how you present the goods being absolutely a key factor, that this isn't yeah. some kind of like nice thing to add on, but it's absolutely key in terms of the, the selling process. Ab- absolutely. I mean, there are there are two things very important, I think, for retail. Uh, we call them the, the two piece, uh, people and presentation. Uh, the people, of course, they are. I think they are the biggest asset that you uh, that you have in in a retail stores, uh, but also your presentation. Uh, in the end, you can link everything to those two things. Uh, if your uh, turnover goes down, or there's something wrong with your presentation, or there is something wrong with your with with people. Uh, in the end, those two. If you peel everything off, it's one of those two things. Yeah. Um, you talk about delivering the best slow-down experience. I mean, obviously that triggers off all sorts of thoughts about what it might mean, but what does it mean? Well, what we want to create is uh, once you come into our store from a busy shopping mall or a busy shopping street, uh, that everything goes down, your whole pace goes down and really take the time. So you will never be in being attacked by, by salespeople in our stores. Now, you first, when you enter our store, uh, you get offered a, a small cup of tea, so you can can relax already. Uh, they offer you a hand massage. Uh, you can try every product, uh, literally every product that we sell, you can try it. Uh, we have always in the center of the store, we have a water island where you can test uh, all the products. Uh, so for us, it's really to give you a good feeling. And if that if good feeling doesn't uh, comes to a, a sales directly, it doesn't matter. It will be next time. Uh, so we really want to have people having uh, yeah, having f- happy customers, uh, with, uh, happy fans, actually, uh, because we call them fans. Uh, that's the most important because then those people will come back and those people, those fans, are the best uh, brand ambassadors that you can have. Has it always been that way or has there been a long evolutionary journey to, to get to that no that it only it actually always has been like that uh, our philosophy is always has always been like enjoy the little moments of life uh, so and, and I think 20 years ago that was very new and was a little bit weird for a lot of people but I think nowadays in this time it's so common because everyone knows uh, everyone is busy with the mobile telephone social media etc cetera, etc cetera. and everyone knows yeah I have to take that time for myself, enjoy a nice cup of tea or have a nice bath and, or, or just indulge yourself. Uh, but not a lot of people are doing it. But nowadays, with the whole mindfulness, uh, with the yoga, uh, you see that it's more and more in the minds of people. Uh, and actually, we started already with that, uh, uh, with that 
20 years ago. It's interesting because rituals have always been an important part of being a human being. And I think in a day gone by, we used to do a lot more of it. Religion would have played a much yeah. bigger part in people's lives. That went away. And maybe there was a gap for a considerable period of time where there, there wasn't a ritual that you could yeah. do that wasn't religious. Uh, and you've seen the opportunity and, and gone in there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the, the, world, the, the, the name rituals is, of course, already... Uh, it, it's a very good name because I think everyone needs rituals. Uh, if it's just, uh, I think everyone, if you ask, do you have a rituals? Everyone will say yes. It can be uh, that you take always a shower and the last minute cold water shower or whatever. Uh, so everyone has, but I think also everyone needs rituals. And that's what we uh, also try to sell to the people. We want to teach the people, like, enjoy those moments. You know, take time for yourself and relax so how does that actually translate into the products you sell? Do I buy a package which will allow me to kind of scrub, exfoliate, moisturize as, as part of a ritual? Is that it? I mean, yeah. How does it work? Yeah, we have, uh, take for example, the whole uh, rituals of hammam. Uh, you can buy every product, uh, the foam, the scrub separately, but in the end, it's a complete ritual that you can buy. So uh, the same what you go, if you go to Turkey, you go to those nice hammam, the same treatments, the same products you can buy uh, in a ritual store or online. So you have really the, the, the same steps that you do with uh, an hammam ritual uh, in, the, in the hammam, you can also do at home. But by doing that, you have to take the time and because you are, it takes one hour before you have done everything uh, to your, with, with yourself. And how prescriptive are you? I mean, is there a kind of like, first do this, then do this, then yeah. soak for, in the bath for 20 minutes or whatever? Yeah, they, can, uh, they explain you in the store. Uh, it's also written in the store and you can always find it on, the, on the, our internet page. Uh, what are the steps? Uh, but also visualize, uh, uh, merchandising wise, it's very visible in the stores. What are the steps? Step one, step two, step three, step four. But it doesn't mean that you have to buy the whole ritual. You can also, of course, only say, no, I like the shower foam a lot. I just want that one. Because looking at some of the images of your stores, they have that sort of spa-like feel. And spas are all about rituals. And, you know, when you look at the menu of yeah. what you can have and the different sort of stages of the facial, it's, it's all, all part and parcel yeah. of the same thing. Yeah, we actually have a couple of uh, spas with our, uh, with our stores, uh, uh, I think around six or seven at this moment, uh, where you can literally try our products directly uh, in, our, in our own spas. You've been described, I think, or maybe you describe yourselves as a uh, a young brand with an old soul. Is, are those your words or somebody else's? Are you comfortable with that description? Uh, yeah, no, that's not my my own. Uh, that's from uh, from our founder and CEO. But I, I'm 100% comfortable with that. Yeah, I think because all our products are uh, based on Asian tradition. Uh, uh, so we say it's based on Asian tradition with, uh, with European technology, uh, with Western technology. Um, so yeah, and everything, what's the, all the rituals that come from Asia, they, they literally have an old soul. Why, why is it that Asia is so much into all of this kind of stuff in a way that actually we're a bit more kind of, well, we tended to be more sort of, you know, rub the soap over you and then yeah. rinse it off kind of thing in the West. But we, we, it's certainly something which we've adopted and yeah. are adopting increasing numbers. Yeah, I think we see more and more the benefits of, of that lifestyle. Uh, I mean, a lot of Asian people have a very good and, and healthy lifestyle. So I think here in the West, 
uh, where the, in the past it was about everything fast and convenient and uh, fast food and uh, quick and like you said, just rub the scrub and that's it. Uh, that we see that more and more it's important yeah, to take care of yourself uh, in inside and outside. What are the challenges for you as a brand on a sort of a 12-month, 24-month schedule in terms of what you need to face and address? Yeah. Well, for us, the, the most important is keep those fans happy. Uh, and I think every time the challenges can be different. Uh, one of the reasons we are... We are, we are a relative big company now. We have around 750 stores, uh, around 450 people at our headquarters. Uh, but we still we want to we want to think small. So act quickly uh, and try. If you never lose, you will never win. So if we see a new opportunity, just try it. Uh, new products, but also with new fixtures, with new design. Uh, just try it. Uh, if it works well, perfectly. Let's roll it out to all stores. If it doesn't work. You have to try it, try another thing. Uh, so always be critical uh, and see where we can uh, can improve ourselves. So it doesn't mean that we are pessimistic, absolutely not, but we always see opportunities. Like yesterday, I visited uh, Harrods just to see some in inspiration. I mean, the level what they have and also the products is 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 very very high. But there are always some small things that I th that we think like okay, we can use that. But also product wise, we could say like okay. You know, this is a product that's now only affordable for, for just a very small percentage of the population. But what can we make it and can we still, let's say, ritualize it so it's affordable for everyone and create that affordable luxury? Is there a challenge for you doing what you do in that kind of slowing things down, translating that to the online proposition, which of course has seen amazing phenomenal growth in pretty much every retail uh, sector? Uh, in the last few years, yeah, actually, it's not a, not such a big uh, challenge because actually, 20 years ago, we, when we started the brand, we were already actually maybe we were already one of the first omnichannel uh, companies because we started already with a, with a web shop, uh, how would they call it at that time, web shop uh, already. So for us, it was always one of the of the of the channels that uh, that we have to uh, have to do. So it's not it's not new, and I, to be honest, and as my personal opinion, I mean you hear a lot of in in, in newspapers on television. Uh, if if big retailers go bankrupt, yeah, it's because of uh, e-commerce, and yeah, then I really think, yeah, guys, that's not from one to another day. You have seen that, so just go go with it, take it, and see uh, see the opportunities of it. Um, this morning I was also saying to someone, it was the same in the in the 50s when uh, service went to self-service. Everyone thought like, okay, now it's done, everything is dead. And so retail is always on the move. Uh, it it goes fast now, but I think if you look back, it always have been, been fast. Uh, Doing your job, your job is all about the stores. Yeah. Do you not feel threatened by the current move towards moving things? No, online? not at all. No, not at all, because I, I truly believe in, in stores. Uh, and it, within our company, I mean, uh, we, we cooperate a lot with, with our e-commerce e uh, guys because I want people from our store to e-commerce and he wants to have people from e-commerce to our stores. So we are one brand and 
For us, it doesn't matter if they if the, uh, the fans buy their products in the store, online, or wholesale, or travel, or business to business, or whatever. As long they they get uh, get in contact with with rituals, so uh, for us it's not a threat at all. Uh, and I truly uh, believe in 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 stores because uh, how good and how better and better and more beautiful uh, e-commerce and the internet gets. Uh, in the end, it's about emotions, and and you want to touch it, you want to feel it. Um, so I truly think that more repeat sales will go through internet. But you also want to discover, and uh, our innovation is 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 on a very high level. So we, we are constantly innovating with new products. Yeah, and the only way to really feel them, smell them, touch them is in the store. Talking about the whole online thing, my understanding is that in the UK, where we're recording this podcast, uh, we buy a lot more stuff online than so the rest of Europe. Yeah. Why do you think that is? What, what is it about the, the British that, that they like to buy online compared to the rest of, of, of Europe? I think it's also about distance. Uh, uh, my, my opinion, I mean, in, here in the UK, you have a couple of big centers, of course, uh, London, the biggest, of course, but you have Manchester. Uh, and there is a lot of space in between uh, where you can't uh, probably can't find all the stores that, that that you want. So I think that's one of the one of the big reasons. And we see that also in in our numbers uh, of of, uh, of sales uh, through e-commerce. Uh, the bigger the country is, so distance-wise, the more we sell also uh, online. Germany is, for example, higher than than in the, in the Netherlands because the the identity of of stores is is way bigger in the, in the Netherlands than in Germany, of course. Outside your own brand, yeah, who who do you admire, particularly in the the, the sector that you, you work in? Who who do you think is is particularly impressive? Well, I, to be honest, I, I admire a lot of a lot of stores, and there is not one particular store that 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 I admire. But I think a lot of retailers they do a couple of things very well, and I rather pick the really good things from them than than than, than everything. Uh, I mean, what about I, outside the beauty sector? Then you know, who of your non-competitors do you look at and think? Well, yesterday we visited in Regent Street H and M Home. I mean, I think that's really tremendous what those what they have done. Uh, I mean, what was it, it about it that you H and M Home? I mean, we all know H and M, of course, from the closing, but they have now a complete home. Uh, department store uh, bell, uh, selling cutlery plates, uh, bed linen, uh, towels, everything. But the way they presented, the way they merchandised it was so beautiful. Uh, but uh, price-wise, so affordable. But the luxury feeling that they gave to to their products, uh, yeah, beautiful done. One of the big issues, which is on, I think, pretty much everybody's mind across the whole planet is the issue of sustainability and the use of single-use plastics, all those kind of things. How much of a challenge is that providing for you, providing the products that you want to provide whilst at the same time yeah. trying to do as much as possible for sustainability? Yeah. Well, we have a lot of products that we have a refill uh, for that, so we have our beautiful kitchen soap, and you can, uh, which is in, in a beautiful uh, pump system. But you can buy a refill, uh, so less waste. Uh, the same for our our uh, body creams. There's also a refill. So a lot of products, especially those products that are are let's say in our top ten of of uh, of products, are, have all a refill system. So in that way, we are working on it. 
also um, building wise uh, we were the, one of the first brands that stepped over to uh, to LED lights for example uh, was a huge investment at that moment I mean now it, it's it's normal but at that time 10 years ago it was a huge investment because the investment for those lights were three times higher than the normal CDMT lights at that moment uh, but we were thinking like okay the investment is bigger so the capex is bigger but the opex is much lower uh, so we really are always looking like, okay, what is the best uh, for environment? And and funny enough, and I think a lot of retailers don't realize that, that something good for the environment is often also good financial-wise on long-term. Uh, but that's the only thing that a lot of retailers should realize and think on long-term. Uh, but that has also to do, of course, with... Uh, uh, I mean, we are private-owned, so we are not part of a, of a big group or shareholders or whatever. Uh, so the owner also sees that and he also thinks on long-term and not on short-term. Finally, if you didn't work in retail, what would you do? I have no idea, to be honest. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, no, still still work in retail, absolutely. Uh, now, maybe in the hotel business, yeah. Uh, because I think the, ho uh, the hotel business has a, a lot of parallels with, uh, with uh, retail. Um, a lot of our uh, employees in, in the headquarters, but also in our stores, are uh, hotel people. That's which perhaps says a lot about the brand in terms of the way that you perceive yourself yeah. as offering somewhere to go and an experience, not just something to buy. Yeah, correct. I mean, it's about about the feeling and uh, give the customer, give the fans a good feeling, uh, and not just hard selling. Richard Lems, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Thank you. Welcome. You've been listening to the Retail Exchange podcast. Subscribe online at theretailexchange.co.uk and join the debate on Twitter, hashtag retailexchange. This episode is brought to you by retail transformation agency Visual Thinking. Thanks for listening. <laughs>